Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams. And I'm Joe Redfern and we have not one but two guests from over the Irish Sea today. Uh, as usual, we have, Hem- uh, have Emily Horgan with us. Uh, Emily, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, um, my name is Emily Horgan. I'm, a, I'm an independent kids media consultant, but um, I spent a long time in London looking back home, looking back home at the Irish animation industry and how much it grew in the decade that I was away. Um, obviously, um, you have uh, studios like Brown Bag that have outputted hits like Bing, Doc McStuffins, Vampirina, um, Boulder Media, which were, were which have output things like My Little Pony uh, and Cartoon Saloon, who are, are always kind of in the running at, at Oscar season for that Best Animated Feature um, award. And so I was very excited to drop uh, Ronan McCabe from Animation Ireland Align and ask him to come and join us. Ronan, would you mind introducing yourself and giving us a little bit of background about what you do? Just a little yeah. bit to start with, because we're going to get yeah, into no it. No problem, Emily. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, Ronan McCabe is my name. I'm the CEO of Animation Ireland. Animation Ireland is the representative organisation for the animation studios on the island of Ireland. We have almost 50 members at this stage. My own background, I started off in live action, um, oh, you know, a, a long time ago. Um, I worked, uh, I've worked at all the major broadcasters in Ireland and Britain. I've, I've done stuff in, in Europe. I've done stuff in the, in the States. Um, I'm in animation, probably working on animation for about 15 years, and I've been the CEO of Animation Ireland for the last three. Amazing. And the thing that's very topical right now that is very exciting and upcoming this weekend is the Irish Animation Awards. I've spoken to two judges and they've told me the offering is deep. There's lots of amazing stuff coming out and people are slightly bemoaning you for the hours of content watching that they're doing because there's just so much great stuff to be to be to be to be screening for yeah, this. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, the, the Irish Animation Awards they've, they've sort of taken over all our lives for the last few few weeks and months. So you'll probably have to jump in to stop me because uh, once you wind us up about this, um, that there, there, there's no knowing where it'll go. Um, so this it's in Galway, which is fantastic. We're we're really excited about that. We're we're going to be in Galway on Saturday, the twenty seventh of May. We're in the Galway Bay Hotel, which is in Salt Hill by the sea. And at the moment, the weather looks set fair for the weekend. So I think we'll, we'll show Galway in, 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 in the finest of weather, which will be fantastic. It's our first time doing the awards uh, live and in person in four years. So we're all very excited about that. We had to do it um, remotely two years ago. It happens every two years. We've over 20 categories so many people have given up their time freely, good naturedly. It's been, it's been, you know, it's been really fun getting it together. Um, it's our first time doing it as a standalone event as well, which is again, it's a, it's another first. Um, and hopefully, we'll have a few surprises on the night. Uh, we got a great host, Baz Ashmawi. He did it for us in twenty twenty one, and he's coming back again to do it in person. Um, looking forward, to, looking forward to that. And uh, I think we, 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 we're, we're certainly planning a good night and uh, I hope you guys are coming and uh, looking forward to it. So I know there's like all the usual categories, you know, best preschool. Um, I know there's a short film category, newcomer studios. Um, there's there's tons of different uh, different things that are being judged in, in the awards. I mean, what do you see as, as their main objective? Is it basically raising the profile of Irish animation on the world stage? Or is there any other like sneaky other objectives well, that you have? Just having a good yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's sneaky, but uh, I, I think fundamentally it's it's a celebration of Irish animation. That's what it's meant to be. 
it's um it's something that we do every two years um in terms of animation as you guys know animation production takes so long that we, we really only get to do this on, on a biennial basis so it's a great chance for us all to come together as well um I suppose that you know there, there were limited opportunities to do that over the last couple of years and everyone has embraced these opportunities again in a big way so I, I think in it first and foremost that's what it is it's 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 a coming together of everybody it's um it's a celebration of Irish animation. It's also a chance for some of our international partners to come over and join us. Um, it's a chance to do it somewhere different. It's a chance to showcase, you know, the, the West Coast of Ireland and, and bring a bunch of animators there and, and hopefully have a good night. And, and I'm, I'm interested to know, Ronan, what in your view is that secret sauce? Why has Ireland become this globally renowned center for animation what what makes it so special in your view uh, oh god uh, i suppose in terms of the, the 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 secret sauce really is that we're we're all on the same page so we're 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 very lucky in terms of our our broadcasters our industry stakeholders our screen funders our our trainers our educators like we're we're all pretty much on the same page I think too as well the fact that Ireland is a small country. We've always been outward looking, Joe. Um, we've never ever had the the funding within Ireland to, to make animation solely from funding on the island. Like people have been supportive, but the money just isn't there. So we turned that negative into a positive. And Irish producers, animation producers, have been out, you know, attending markets and festivals for the last twenty years you know, trying to get funding from abroad to, to, make, to make Irish animation. And I, and I think that has helped as well. I think the the fact that so many of them cut their teeth doing um, service work as well has helped and it has left a, you know, a, a great legacy of, of studios and pipelines and talent and, and, a, and an ability to deliver and, and a really good reputation on the world stage. That's, that's great. Uh, and following on from that, what role do you think uh, Animation Ireland specifically has played in the success of Irish animation? Um, how's that, how's it been effective? Well, I suppose we're, we're we, we've played a, a role in the success, and we're also um, we're also a product of that success as well. Um, if you think about it, like the, the studios have been around for twenty years. Animation Ireland started off quite informally as. Um, almost like a CEO forum where the, you know, the, the sort of chiefs of the, the various studios would get together and see if there was stuff that they agreed on or stuff that they needed to work on. So that started off quite informally. And then I suppose about six or seven years ago, the, the decision was made that, you know what, this, this, this thing has really, really taken off and we need to represent ourselves and we need to do it on a more formal basis. So Animation Ireland was established around 2016 as a, as a standalone company. Um, and over the last, you know, seven years or, or so, like the the organisation has grown, the the number of staff has grown, it has become more professionalised, I suppose. Um, and the role of Animation Ireland really is is to represent the Irish studios, um, both both at home and abroad, um, in terms of anything that affects the the animation animation industry or the animation studios. Because one another core thing that's kind of given Ireland an edge in, on the on the world stage is is the tax incentives that 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 are available. Um, I'd love to hear your take on that, Ronan, and how that kind of plays out, and and what like ways of approaching that, and how you know how because you've probably seen like 
multiple examples of that being, you know, that being used. Um, so it'd be really great to get your thoughts on Yeah, I think, on Emily, there, there's a number of ingredients. So there's obviously the talent, there's the Irish tradition, the storytelling, there's the fact, as I say, we, we've been outward looking. But, I mean, fundamentally, the, the industry is underpinned by the tax credit. Uh, the tax credit is, you know, 32% of eligible spend. It's, you know, sort of up there with other... T- tax incentives around the world and it's something that we would be very sensitive about in terms of animation ireland in terms of you know protecting that sustaining that and making sure it stays in place and that we have um we have a tax credit that's competitive with everybody else's and for a lot of studios i think they would have started off perhaps as service studios working on other people's work and are working on other people's you know projects and the tax incentive really helped to bring I suppose, projects to the island of Ireland. Those studios then cut their teeth on on those projects. And then, you know, as a result of that, and as a result of the sort of the income or revenue that they would have generated from those projects, they can then develop their own IP and they have a, they have a, they have the expertise and they have the pipeline then to deliver their own. You, you'll find a lot of the studios still work on a hybrid model. And, you know, most of them don't, like they're, they're, they're just... It's, it's so difficult to get your own IP made or financed that you still, you know, you have to have, you have, you know, to keep the lights on and to, to keep the studio ticking over, you, you need to do some service work as well. That's interesting. And I think that challenge is, um, there's a lot of companies that feel that there's a challenge between being a service provider or, or creating and developing your own IP. Um, do you think Irish animation has been, more successful in being able to find the right balance between that than a lot of other countries? And do you try and kind of put a spotlight on Irish IP within within the awards, uh, the animation awards? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it, it, it's hard for me to comment on other countries because, you know, I don't really know what their balance is. I just know how it works here. Um, and, and in terms of how it works here, it seems to be a successful model. It, it seems to you know, it, it seems to help the studio sustain themselves. And I, and I think, you know, if you're, if you're doing a, a service project and it's over a number of years, like during that time, it's sort of, it's up to you then to try and develop your, your own stuff in tandem as well. And I think for, for some studios as well, you know, just even to give you an idea. So we have, as I was saying to you, we've, we've nearly 50, 50 member studios. So some of those studios would have hundreds of employees um, some of those studios then would just have one or two people or like one or two person operated businesses. We like to think of them uh, as ideas factories, you know, so they're coming up with ideas, they go out, they get those financed and they um, they try to get those, they, they try and get those made maybe by somebody else. So so we're, we're working right across the, the whole the whole spectrum there. Yeah, but I, it's yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It can be, it can be all different types. But the the, ser- the service work thing does seem like such an opportunity of growing talent, getting people, you know, getting people uh, uh, up to speed on and and working with you know the world world class kind of outputters like the likes of Disney or 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 HBO or whatever, and getting kind of the no- getting notes from those kind of execs and stuff like that, so that you can bring that in to your own IP then, and you've you've done the learning and you've kind of learnt on the job about what the kind of things you should be looking for are. Um, have you seen, not to not to look too far away at other countries, but have you seen any impact of Brexit 
uh, you know, our, our, our country is inextricably uh, twined with the UK. And, and have you seen that net out over the past few years because it's kind of gone from the theoretical into the actual? Yeah, I mean, it has definitely had an impact. Um, but I think it's, it's complicated as well because... Because Animation Ireland is an all-Ireland organisation, so we have studios in 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 the Republic and in Northern Ireland. So you know we're sort of we're 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 we span two jurisdictions there. Um, I think all studios on the island of Ireland they they look to Irish broadcasters and also to British broadcasters for funding, um, and you know so far that has that has been maintained like you know there's there's still good connections there i know too as well that i think at cartoon forum this year i think they're doing a, a special uk focus so i think there's a i suppose there's there's a, there's a willingness to try and keep the uk in the fold as much as possible um if they can um, I know there's sort of some negative moves in that in that area. In that the um, I think there's a move with within some European countries to have UK content reclassified as non-European, which would you know which would would cause us some difficulties as well. Um, but no, I, I mean I think you know as you say yourself, the ties are 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 established, and and I think too as well. Like what what I have noticed is. There's a there's a willingness to try and find a common ground rather than look for what divides us or what you know causes difficulty. So I think people are looking for workarounds all the time. So you know so far it's it's it hasn't been hasn't had a massively negative impact. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of that comes through what you're saying about animation and that kind of sense of collaboration. Like let's work together to make it better rather than you know, try and like dig the boot in as to what's, what's kind of, what's kind of causing a problem. Yeah, it certainly seems to be, I mean, I think as an industry, it's very collaborative. I think, you know, Animation Ireland as an organization wouldn't exist if we weren't collaborative. And I think sometimes, you know, you mentioned about other, other countries and other countries have sort of said that to me that they, they admire the way the Irish studios pull together. And, you know, of course it's, 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 it's not perfect. And we're, you know, we're not, you know, but, but just in general, we, we try and find the things that unite us and the thing, the common ground, and we work on those together. And there's a few of those. So section 481, you know, you mentioned the tax credit earlier. That's really important. So we're, we're, we're all of one mind on that. And just to give you a, for example, there was, um, there was a regional development uplift of uh, an additional 5%, which existed for, for a few years. That's going to taper down to, to zero from next year. Um, but it was it was at 5%, and Animation Ireland is still campaigning to have that reintroduced. Um, we would have, I suppose, quite a, a, a strong... We, we, have, we have strong companies and studios in the regions. Um, our, our live action sector tends to be focused very much on Dublin and Wicklow. Wicklow for uh, any non-Irish um, uh, for non-Irish listeners will be uh, like the equivalent of one of the home counties. It's, it's sort of it's adjacent to Dublin, and so between Dublin and Wicklow, there, there's there's an awful lot of um, an awful lot of uh, projects that happen there. Whereas with the with the animation, we have um, we have uh, a lot of studios out in Galway on, on the west coast of Ireland, and also in Kilkenny in the centre of Ireland, which is where Cartoon Saloon is. Um, so we, we would have a, a strong, you know, a strong base in the regions and we, we want to continue to build that. And, and, and I suppose we're, we're all the time looking to, you know, for links with local colleges, you know, trying to get people to realise as well that animation is, is it's, it's a real career alternative. I think sometimes like there's a job of work to be done there as well. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, animation, it's great. I love, you know, it's fantastic. You guys are doing such a great job. All of that. 
But then, you know, if, if you're trying to get people to, to, I suppose, get their kids to have a look at animation as a career, you know, they, they need to know that there's there's a defined career path. You can progress. You know, there are studios where people have long-term employment prospects as well. So there's, there's, there's always always stuff to be done, you know. And do you think that? And do you think that needs to start as early as possible? I noticed that um, some uh, UK studios like Blue Zoo or uh, different animation studios in the UK have reached out to schools to try and kind of encourage kids to be thinking as of animation as a career path even before you get to sort of sixth form or or um, higher education. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you, Andy. So we have uh, Animation Ireland is, is the lead organisation for for an, for a, an organisation called the National Talent Academy of Anim- for Animation, and um, it's only established maybe in the last two years, and its its remit is really for I suppose to help people in their careers both at entry level and 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 right the way up to help you progress your career. But what we noticed is that it's it's sort of too late if you're only talking to animation graduates because you've you've lost those other people who didn't consider animation as a career. So what we're doing is um, through the National Talent Academy, we're 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 do these animation fairs, and initially they were only aimed at we say students who were already on an animation course. But now we're looking back. We we have a year in Ireland uh, called transition year, and um, which people do when they're around. 15 or 16 and it's a great time in your life to, to try new things and try different career people get placements in you know in solicitors offices in, in in a kitchen you know with a builder any of that kind of stuff so we're, we're trying to get them into animation studios and again we're, we're looking to have you know better links with the colleges better links with the schools to, to try so that people can see that actually this is a real career and it's and also too and um, it's not just a career where people come in and draw. So we also want them to know that there's there's opportunities on the finance side, there's opportunities for, for computer programmers. The whole 3D immersive side, like that has really taken off. That's hugely technical. So we we'd say like animation, it's 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 not it's not a high tech industry, but it's an industry that uses a lot of high tech. So, yeah, so like it's it's just it's getting that across to people. And um, so, yeah, we are. And again, it's slow. And, you know, animation um, or the National Talent Academy has only just started. And uh, we sort of said when we started off that we we would try, try and do a limited number of things really well and then grow it. And that is what they have done. Like, so they started off doing mentorships, uh, bridging programs as well, because another thing we've noticed is is that uh, graduates come out of college and they're not as we've said, they're not oven ready. They're not ready to slot into a pipeline. So it's even helping people gain those skills. So updating their, their soft skills, updating their um, software skills as well. So all, all of those things are really, really important. And and they, this, this spirit of collaboration you were talking about regionally, um, and then you just touched on the kind of animation as it pertains to more gaming and interactive side of things. Does Animation Ireland cover the gaming industries or do you intersect with the gaming industry given that there's such a flow of animation skill required across the two well, sectors? I tell you what we do, Joe, again, it's, and again, this is going to sound like we're all so, we're all so nice, but uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there is a lot of collaboration. So Animation Ireland, you know, looks after animation per se. There's also uh, an organisation that looks after gaming called Immert, which is the the Irish or the Gaelic for for game or to play, um, and then there's um, the Visual Effects Association of Ireland look after the VFX as well. So I think what we all recognise is that there is um, there's convergence 
across those three areas. And there's also, I suppose, um, transferable skills. So somebody who's working in an animation studio today could be working on a game tomorrow and they could be working on, you know, an immersive project after that. So what we sort of, even as we chat amongst ourselves, we're, we're, we're not all trying to stake our claim to a certain area. We're sort of trying to work together uh, again, the, the the games industry has got its own tax credit, which was was just launched uh, recently. Uh, so we're, we're we're trying to work together with each other, and where the lines are blurred, you know, like we animation only represents some studios that make animation, but they're also in the in in innovation space or the immersive space as well. We also um. To, to that point, Animation Ireland runs a fund on behalf of Screen Ireland called the uh, Innovation and uh, the Innovation and Immersive Fund, um, where a, a studio can get up to fifty thousand euro uh, towards developing a project in, in that area. And and Screen Ireland, which is the, the the funding agency in Ireland, they now look after games as well. So you can see, like, there's just there's there's, there's convergence there, and and again, it's just. Whatever works best for Ireland Incorporated really is what's important. That's interesting. That, that sort of leads on to another question that I had, which was looking into a crystal ball, um, what could Animation Ireland do to build on the success of the last 20 years moving into the next 20 years? Uh, well, I, I suppose it's a tough question, Andy. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I sort of think back to the... You know the the, the dot com era um, and and that sort of whole bubble where there was convergence and people talked about you, you know there's going to be content on your telephone or on your phone and be able to look at stuff on your phone and it sounded so sci fi back then and it's just, it's every day now right um, in terms of that convergence that's happening now like you know we we we'd all be millionaires if we could if we knew exactly what was going to happen and uh, I suppose it's just being part of that and trying to stay ahead of it and. Um, and in terms of look, what Animation Ireland does is, you know, we have embraced the Innovation Fund. We've embraced 2D and 3D. We've embraced companies and studios working in that space. We also try and attend markets and festivals, you know, around the world and sometimes venture into other areas that, you know, maybe not quite, you know, seen as animation, but we, we just to see what's going on. And um, so, I mean, that's really what we're at. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the one thing I love, like I said, we, I, it's great hear, hearing you speak, but the one thing that kind of really resonated with me is just taking it back to the to the training piece again. It's like, you don't need to be able to draw to be in animation. You don't need to be able to draw to be in gaming. Like, there's lots of other things that you can do. And I think that's something that I definitely... It's. I, I remember not being clear when I was coming into media as, as a student. It was like, you're either a producer or a director or you were nothing. And it's all the other stuff that's happening behind the scenes where there's where there's lots of opportunity, um, for sure. Um, taking it back as well then, Ronan, because you were involved with a very before, important... Before, before you go into that, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but just, just, in relation, just in relation to what Andy was saying... Because again, you know, we, we haven't even mentioned AI and artificial, you know, and, and suddenly like that's something that's just all, like nobody was talking about that even 18 months ago. And now it's just seen as this, I suppose, almost like a, an existential threat to the creative industries, you know, and like that's, again, that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And, you know, I've, I've, I've heard of, 
you know, people do use an AI to sit exams, to pass A-levels, to pass the, the Leaving Cert in Ireland, to do, you know, college papers. They're talking about them, you know, writing scripts with AI. So who knows where that's going as well. So that's another thing, Andy, that we're going to keep an eye on. Sorry, Emily. Sorry for jumping. Uh, absolutely. Just kind yeah. of one, on, one point yeah. on that um, was that you're seeing a lot of big companies that even though they're curious about yeah. AI, um, the whole copyright issue means that they're, they're kind of holding back from really jumping into that from a script mm. or image generation yeah. point of view just because it's quite hard to be able to track what content has gone into mm. the machine to spit out the content that's being created. But again, who knows in, who knows uh, in yeah. five years' time where we'll be with all of that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Exactly. But it's, it's also a huge opportunity in the kind of the democracy, the, the accessibility, the democratization of animation in that kind of way. Where, like, I was listening to something recently about news, Christy Tanner talking about news. And, you know, 20 years ago, the newsroom was producing news like it was coming from big organizations. And now, what random podcasters in their home offices are doing is very much the same as what, like, the professional you know, professional newscasters are doing it. There's really not that much difference, like in terms of what, like the technology that we can access that's, you know, user-friendly enough to output, you know, something uh, on a smaller level versus, you know, what uh, a big news studio is using. There's really not that much difference. Obviously, you know, there's going to be finesse and, you know, some of that there, but, you know, essentially you're able to output, you know, a body of content that's you know at a at a level that's you know consumable and and, and you know at, at, at a certain standard that you you can distribute it to people who are who are willing to consume it like and I think when you think about AI and animation threats definitely no doubt about that and and the copyright thing is is minefield Andy but it's also opportunity of like you know thinking of young transition year students 16 15 16 year olds and you know they'll be the first people to crack it being able to output you know I'm not saying quite Pixar style movies, but like they'll be able to get their stories told in a way that they're not having to kind of go and 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 funding etc. and all that kind of that you know the difficulty of that there's, there's, there'll be an accessibility to it in in a few years. I suppose um, the, 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 the one the one of the big areas there is trust then as well, isn't it? You know, you talk about citizen journalists and all of that stuff. So, I mean, that's that's another thing. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's even a I'm not sure when it's on. I think it's on. Um, I think it's on in June here, but there's a there's actually a film festival here based on just content made on people's mobile phones and, and devices too. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that stuff's really exciting. Um, I encountered somebody on Twitter that's a writer that uses AI, and in her bio, she said she's the writer of over twenty four variations of. Um, uh, what was it? it? Wasn't Pride and Prejudice? I saw yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Pride and Prejudice, and I was just thinking, wow. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I just couldn't quite get my head around that. Um, anyway, mm. um, yeah. talking that's about IP, the whole podcast. <laughs> Emily, this is a throw to you. I was going to say, talking about IP. I'm just my head is wearing that wearing now in like Fifty Shades of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're, 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 yeah. You know somebody will be putting that to um, chat GPT. Um. <laughs> yes, sorry, IP. And Ronan, Ronan is involved in an IP that's very, very close to my heart. And I'd love to hear some of his uh, war stories on Zig and Zag. So Zig and Zag were a major um, kids team. I'm sorry, sir, I'm getting an echo there now. 
No, you sounded fine to me. Okay, sorry, I'll start again. So, yeah, on the subject of IP, um, Ronan was involved in a very seminal IP, kids' IP here in Ireland, uh, Zig and Zag, who started off on kids' TV on our, our national broadcaster, RTE. I know that you, people in England are familiar, people in the UK are familiar with Zig and Zag because they, they went, then went over to Big Breakfast uh, in a kind of more of a family kind of old, like older skewing guys uh, and they were hysterical there but like I can't tell you how uh, nostalgia like nostalgia the nostalgia I would have for something like Zig and Zag um, back in the day I had the bin Ronan I, I owned the bin the Zig and Zag bin <laughs> that's how that's how deep my fandom went um so like tell us what that was like back in the day because it was a huge it was a really huge Uh, brand it was was absolutely massive i mean they started in 1987 on irish tv so that's like what 30 36 years ago now and where the sort of they did um and it was it was in it was in a much different era when broadcasters were more hands-off the the guys could just do what they did uh, with, and I think the fact that it was on children's TV, like with, with, with minimal intervention you know, or regulation back in the day. Um, and they moved then to, uh, and obviously they were really popular with students. They, you know, they became, um, I suppose they had, they had a cult following, which actually translated into, it was like a, if it's not a contradiction, a mass cult following. Like they were, they were so popular in that niche. Um, they moved to the Big Breakfast then. I think the Big Breakfast ran from 92 to 2002, which actually is hard to believe it's over 20 years since the, since the Big Breakfast was on. But, you know, as, as well as Zig and Zag, like they, were, they were so talented, so fun and, you know, and, and so successful. But the Big Breakfast itself was sort of era-defining. It, it was very much part of that, you know, you know quote-unquote cool Britannia. It was, it was uh, you know, it was on five days a week. Uh, all the... The, a bit like you know what's go, what's going on at the moment over on ITV, the the hosts of 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 the Big Breakfast were were on the papers all the time. Their relationships were were parsed and analysed. You know what was going to happen to them, where they went. So they were they were very much in a, in a, you know part of an era defining show as well. Off the back of that, then uh, we we had some great fun. Uh, like we met every anybody who was everybody in the nineties. Uh, you know would have appeared on the Big Breakfast. So that was good fun, and then. Who did? Who was the most famous person they met? Do you well, think? Well, I'd really? say I don't know about the most famous, but like they did, uh, they did interview Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Irreverence needs oh, irreverence. <laughs> irreverence yeah, needs I know, irreverence. Yeah, um, back in back in oh, I know, but a long line. So I suppose he he became certainly became the most powerful person on the planet for a while. Um, we they made um, they made music with Simon Cowell. Which was uh, which which is cool fun. They had some 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 UK hits as well, um, and then did a did merchandise and and licensing. It was funny you were saying Emily that you had the bin because um, I suppose the first time when we were doing it in Ireland, we sort of we did a little bit of everything, but then we got a bit more discerning uh, as as we progressed, and you realise like there are certain things you're you know when when we were approached to do the zig and zag toilet paper, we thought no, you know what maybe what well, maybe we'll draw the line there, you know. So uh, yeah, so we, and, and we did. Like as well as having you know uh, music, we did um, we did all the usual. Like we did books, we did uh, we did live stage shows as well, which were fantastic. We also worked on pantomimes, and so we 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 did everything. Uh, right across the board, Ama- yeah. amazing. And what what did Zig and Zag teach you about media and entertainment? Were there, what was the kind of the 
What was the secret of their appeal? Do you think? Oh God, Andy, as I said, as I said before, like you know, if I knew the answer to that, Andy, <laughs> you know, I mean, they were they they were fun. They didn't take themselves too seriously. Um, they, I suppose, they they were doing something different at the time. Uh, like the the two guys were just very funny fellas, very talented guys as well. And they weren't, you know, traditional puppeteers. Like so, they they came from they they just. They came from an area where where they were fun and the characters were just like extensions of themselves. Um, I, I don't know. They just seemed to tap into into a zeitgeist and an and the stuff that they were into was popular at the time. And, and you know, I mean, but as I say, like if, if I knew the answer to that, Andy, you know, I, I'd be a very wealthy man. <laughs> but it's that thing as well of like it's actually quite unique where they started in kids and then graduated up to family. Usually an IP will go the opposite way. You, you pitch it as old as you can when you launch it, and then inevitably it ends up kind of skewing younger. So like that was a major, that was like a major opportunity. Like it was like, that's, that's a very unique thing about, about digging. Yeah, and I suppose in fairness to the two guys, Emily, like they had, um, you, you know, they could write, you know, they could write at any 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 age group because if you think like some of their other alter egos like Podge and Raj were very much the uh, yeah. adult team that, and Zig and Zag, they were able to they were able to do that kid stuff. But I suppose there was always there was always a bit of a, a you know a raised eyebrow or a little bit arch. Like they they you know and they they yeah. always knew where I think that was part of their appeal to they always knew how far to push it, but never to push it that far. So there was that that irreverence. You know, it, it just it, it was it was so popular. And it, it really chimed with Channel 4, didn't it? You know, that was the era of Channel 4 trying to be a little bit different and doing it with such a plum. You know, they took that breakfast format and completely tore up the rule book. And, and, and Zig and Zag did the same thing, really, in terms of their humour. Like you said, they were... They, they took the irreverence so far, but ostensibly as two very preschool-looking puppets... That was so bang on Channel Four. I mean, really, when I look back, that's the that's the heyday of what Channel Four typified for me was kind of bre big breakfast and zig and zag and TGIF. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they, were, yeah, they were lucky too. Yeah. I mean, you know, as well, they they were in the right place at the right time. As I said, it was an era defining program. They also were 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 paired with with wonderful talent like you know Chris Evans and and Gabby Roslin and, and and you know all the way along. And if you look even at the the sort of Zeke and Zag aren't the only talent from the Big Breakfast that are still working on TV, and also the the people who ran the Big Breakfast, like the the Big Breakfast alumni, uh, they they ended mm. up running British TV, which was always very helpful to to us because we we could always get a hearing somewhere because there was always somebody somewhere who had worked on the Big Breakfast and knew the lads, and and in fairness to the two lads, they're two very nice blokes as well. So like they they never had any difficulty uh, getting a meeting or, or or getting in to see somebody to pitch an idea. And, and in terms of, I'm just interested in leaning into that that idea of being brave, because that that's really what we're talking about here is kind of being brave creatively. But obviously we're in a, a very different world now and, and the global economic headwinds mean that a lot of, lot of creators, producers, broadcasters are retreating back to what's a de-risking. Um, so, you know, in, in, in terms of your view, whether it's on behalf of Animation Island or just you as, as Ronan, what are the opportunities? Where, where do you think 
you can be brave and, and animation in Ireland can be brave in the next oh, few well, years. You're, you're, you're trying to drag me into a minefield there, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm not following <laughs> you, Joe. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, do, do you think there's still a will? Again, given Ireland's rich storytelling heritage, do you think Irish animation is well-placed to be brave? Yeah, Take I, I think it is. Because if you look at... If you look, um, if you look at content where, where people try and you, you know that 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 old aphorism like that nobody knows anything you know and that you you know you have to you you you're, you, you can make a, a sequel to something and it doesn't work or you can you know try and take all the ingredients from season one and throw them into season two and that doesn't work either so I think I think you have to be brave you have to try and you know. I think be true to yourself. I mean, if you look and even taking it out of animation, if you look at something like Derry Girls, like you, you think, like, how does that work? Like they had, they have Derry accents. It's set around the troubles, you know. But it's it's that authenticity is what makes that work. And and so nineties as well. Like, like, music like, and everything, but like it just resonates with people because people people can see that it's it's real, it's genuine, and they can relate to to I suppose to the topics. And I think if you <laughs> You know, if if you're true to yourself and you're you're making an authentic program, well, well, you know, then it has a chance. But if you're if you're trying to make something based on a formula or not to offend or to tick boxes or to try, I I just don't think that's going to go anywhere. And that's that's a personal opinion. That's not an animation Ireland opinion. That's so hopeful, though. Yeah, it that's is great. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think. It's easy to lose sight of that when you're looking at trimming costs. You know, you look at the wider industry and everybody is in kind of panic mode. And that, that you know, exactly, that, that storytelling, that authenticity that's being true to yourself, actually, that is when cream rises to the top. So, well, yeah, we do well to remind ourselves of that, I think. So just, um, yeah, just finish by telling us when, remind us again when the animation awards are. So the Animation Awards, they're on Saturday, the 27th of May. They're going to be in the Galway Bay Hotel in Salt Hill, which is in the west of Ireland. Um, we have a large crowd going and confirmed. There are still some tickets available. So if you're of a mind to turn up in Galway, please do. Uh, there's lots of local Galway people turn up as well. It's actually, you know, for for any of, again, for any of your listeners outside Ireland, it's um it's it's a big media town too. So uh, there's a lot going on there. Um, I'm also involved. Actually, they they have a big uh, festival down there. Totally as an aside, the, the Galway Film Flat, which always has an animation element to it as well, and that's on in July this year. So I'm I'm on the board of uh, the Galway Film Flat, so I'll get a plug in for them as well. Um, yeah, but it's gonna it's gonna be a great night at the um, at the at the awards. And as I say, we have Baz Ashmaway is doing is doing host. We have some uh, surprise musical guests on the night, and uh, I I think we're gonna have a bit of fun because we haven't been together like this for four years. Part of the awards as well, we're also doing um, an Animation Ireland conference on the morning of Saturday the twenty seventh. So we have uh, two panels and a keynote. Our panels are going to be around the topic of uh, IP and how to how to, I suppose, make the best of your IP. Um, and also, we're doing a topic um, in the afternoon then around co-production, co-development, Ireland's links with with Europe and and sort of how, how you get how you get that done. And then we have um, we have a special uh, speaker going to come in, and uh, she's flying in from the states, um, and she's going to do a keynote uh, address for us as well. Um, and on the Friday night as well, we have a, 
a little bit of a get together in Salt Hill. So if you're around on Friday night, come and join us there as well. Um, so yeah, it's shaping up to be a great weekend in Galway, uh, starting on the 26th with the awards on the 27th. Of May. Awesome. Well, listen, have a great night and it sounds like it's going to be brilliant. And thank you so much for chatting to us. No problem. An absolute pleasure, Emily, Joe and Andy. Great to, great to join you and uh, the best of luck with your, with your podcast and future episodes as well. Great. Thank Thanks, you. Ronan. It's been great to have you on, Ronan. Thanks. Thanks again to Ronan for being such an ace guest. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. Please remember to subscribe and like if you like the show.